Greetings and welcome to Meanwhile, a journey through the history of comic book movies. I'm your host, James Thompson, and this week's movie is the 1944 Republic serial, Captain America. Joining me this week is Tom Whips. Hi, Tom. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. So- sorry I brought you in on Captain America. <laughs> I was just glad you brought me in on something. <laughs> so, yes, this is uh, 1944. This is uh, Republic's last superhero serial, so that tells you something. Uh, last serial for probably a good reason. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> this is Timely Comics at the time. It wasn't Marvel yet. No, it was not. It was Timely, yeah. So technically Marvel still hasn't... Like, they've had a character that's been a, in, a, in the movies, but technically Marvel hasn't had a movie until I think it ends up being Howard the Duck. Like a yeah, like, Howard, like a legitimate uh in the in the theater. Yeah, Howard I believe was the first actual Marvel branded hero. Now, mind you, movies. on this show, we are probably going to hit the TV movies. So, Incredible Hulk, Spider-Man, Captain America comes back again a okay. few times. The first but... Marvel hero to make it to the silver screen. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, Captain America is that. Is this your first serial? This is my first Serial that I've actually sat through and watched the entirety of it. Yes. I'm sorry, because it was 15 <laughs> chapters. Four and a half hours again, just like Batman. Kind of four and a half hours. you got to keep in mind, <laughs> the first three minutes of every episode is the intro and the recap from the previous episode. Sure is. With like one extra shot in there. And then you have about 30 seconds of cliffhanger at the end. So technically, it's only about 12 minutes per episode. For any listeners who actually sit and and actually watch these serials in their entirety, you'll find out with serials, you can, can like, scrub to about two minutes in. About two two minutes, 45 seconds, I found was the average. Is that was the average? Yeah. You don't want to go too far, though, because you need to see how... You need to see the one shot they left out of how he escapes. Just enough time where they're recapping the fight scene (laughs) from last week. Yeah. And then they're about to get to the spot where... Something happens where the main hero dies, but not really. <laughs> oh, by the way, he was fine. <laughs> With some of the past serials, uh, like Captain Marvel, it wasn't that bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. They still did a lot of like one shot was missing, but they didn't do, they didn't redo entire fight scenes. Like this, they would redo their entire, uh, you would see Captain America charging into the room again and the whole fight scene. They didn't even like cut that down at all. But I guess if you if you're a little kid and you, you're coming to the the cinema, you kind of want to get your money's worth, and that gives you two fights: one at the beginning and one at the end. I mean, it's a way to get people in. It's a way to get the extra action in there, especially for the people who missed it the week before. Mm-hmm. But you also have to keep in mind this is decades before movies had the rules where it's you can't just add scenes in and 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 call it okay. You know, tell that to George Lucas. <laughs> That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> no, you're right. They, it, it, it's. I've said this before, and I'm gonna say it again. It's. It's very formulaic. It's. Uh, you. You resolve the cliffhanger. You. You get a couple of scenes of plot progression, usually, and then it leads to another fight scene that leads to another cliffhanger, and that's it. I've actually mapped this out. Have you mapped it out? <laughs> Not including the first episode. Because there's no cliffhanger to pick well, up that, on. Well, that and they're usually 30 minutes rather than like 15-ish. Yeah, and also excluding the last episode because they don't need a cliffhanger for the last episode. Correct. You've got three minutes of intro and last week's recap with the reshoot. You've got, like I said, the recut scenes of the cliffhanger where scenes are added and the hero is finding his way out of his own demise. you got the scene where they recut it where the hero is finding his way out of his own demise. So like one shot. Yeah. <laughs> one one shot. shot. Sometimes more than one shot. They may Sometimes. redo a full section of the fight where one guy gets out of it and is the one who pulls the switch to kill Captain America, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. But then Cap actually gets out and beats that guy up and the switch is pulled somehow. <laughs> and then you've got a scene of the Scarab complaining about how his plans have been foiled. Right. And then they come up with a new equally convoluted and, to me, pointless plan. <laughs> right. Yep. Captain America plays Dick Tracy for a little while, plays the detective, which <laughs> DAs don't do. <laughs> well, let's get... First, let's talk about uh, Captain America in general. So, for people who read Captain America comics, he is also known as Steve Rogers, his alter ego. 
a scrawny kid from Brooklyn. I think it's the, I believe the, the original was, I think was, it was Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. Who wants to go and fight them Nazis? Because he's he's a scrapper, but he keeps getting rejected over and over again. But they he is the heart, and they they give him the super soldier serum that makes him super strong and Captain America. Mm-hmm. This movie, this serial, has none of that. This serial. <laughs> Is interesting. That was actually the very first thing that I noticed in the opening sequence. They show Captain America. You're talking the the actual like opening credits. Yes. They haven't even shown any storyline yet. And they show the actor, Dick Purcell. And then they show him again, wearing the stereotypical private eye garb. Yep. As Grant Gardner. Grant Gardner. And in my mind, I'm going, okay, who is Grant Gardner? And why have I not seen credits for Steve Rogers? So one of the first differences between the comic and the serial is no Steve Rogers. Oh, yes. District Attorney Grant Gardner is Captain America. He has no shield. I take it back. He has the he has the old school Captain America shield. It's on his belt buckle. On his belt, and if you look closely, it's actually on his gloves. It's not his gloves. <laughs> oh boy! But, I'm, I'm, but he carries a pistol instead of a shield. He carries a, a revolver, which he doesn't often get to fire as Captain America too often. That was one thing that I really noticed is his ability to hold people up at gunpoint is atrocious. Everybody's is. <laughs> Nobody can hold somebody at gunpoint because either they get distracted by a second and they get the gun kicked out of their hand or they get something thrown at them and then it becomes a fist fight. Nobody goes for the guns. They go for the... for the. Every gunman in this serial ha- is more accurate with throwing objects mm-hmm. than they are with actually firing a weapon. They should just be throwing things at each other all the time. <laughs> Eventually they will throw the gun at you if they run out of bullets. They made a list of all the things Captain America doesn't do in this. So uh, no super soldier serum. We get no backstory, which has happened in other serials, and that's fine, but no super soldier serum. He doesn't seem super powered in any way. He doesn't fight Nazis at all, which... Gruber is a German name, a.k.a. Hans Gruber, diehard. So closest closest (laughs) to maybe fighting a Nazi... Um, Batman fought for World War II more in his serial than Captain America did. That's bad. Uh, and then lastly, Bucky has no appearance. Which is a shame, because I'm pretty sure Bucky's there at issue one. So, to not have him, I guess, if at the time, seems weird. Like, nowadays, if we don't have Bucky in something, that's okay. Like, Captain America didn't need Bucky in the first Avenger. But... Golden Age Captain America probably should have had something at least because Batman had Robin in the first uh, uh, serial so it, it we do have precedence of having the underaged sidekick it's interesting because Marvel actually touched on the serial and it was in 1968 Captain America issue number 219 mm-hmm. where essentially the serial Exists in the Marvel Universe. So this Republic serial happens. Obviously, the names the names are changed for the the producing company, and the name of the actors are different. But it's the same costume, Mm -hmm. the same setup. Essentially, everything seems about about the same, except exists in the Marvel Universe. And Bucky Mm -hmm. actually makes a comment of, "Why? Where am I? How come I'm not in this?" He he was pretty distraught about that, and it was just kind of interesting seeing captain america interacting with his serial self and and actually after a while he ended up playing captain america in the serial in the serial and they explain this whole thing as why he's named grant gardner and he's a da mm-hmm. is because keep in mind in 1944 captain hadn't given away his identity yet okay he hadn't rebelled and because the government's trying to control him they don't know who he is so the producers of the movie or the serial i'm sorry make up his identity and that's the whole excuse is okay we're just going to turn him into a DA and his name's going to be Grant Gardner and so the Mar- so that's Marvel's solution to the whole their explanation oh Ret- interesting retconning something that happened 30 years prior speaking of Marvel the serial does exist in the Marvel universe it is Earth 600 
zero zero one. I'll never understand that numbering system. <laughs> they it doesn't it. There's no point in it. There's no point in it. But it's it's almost as if. Well, because like Marvel likes likes to be, it, it's almost like a joke. They're like, yeah, no, everything that has the Marvel name on it exists somewhere in the multiverse. Which I'm not reading Secret War, but I think things are boiling down to less universes. But meh, that's not that's not for this podcast to discuss. But let's talk about his. You said his costume was wrong, and let's talk about his costume because first, um, it was it's like black and gray. The actual costume that they shot with mm-hmm. was actually a navy blue, white, and gray. They didn't use the correct colors because yeah. it shot better in black and white. Which um, Captain Marvel did the same thing. His was gray instead of red because red doesn't show up on black and white. And it was funny because if you look at all the promotional artwork, mm-hmm. they actually show him with the pirate boots mm-hmm. that are red, the blue outfit, the you know, red, white, and blue outfit with the red gloves, and the iconic shield... Yeah, and no gun. But they and never... he actually had the the wings. Oh, they they did have the wings because in the costume he doesn't have the wings. No, because if you look at the shot that they took the still from, mm-hmm. it's he's in the actual correct outfit, and you can tell that all of that has been uh, airbrushed on. Right, <laughs> right. His face doesn't look like the the eye holes don't look right. Stretched. They do look stretched. Like he has to like, keep changing. His head is just too big for that mask. Could and they be. never it fixed be. it. Honestly, um, let's let's get to the casting a little bit. So Dick Purcell is the guy who plays Captain America in this. Not the most fit fella. No, he's a little soggy around the midsection, I must say. Because, <laughs> and even like back in that day, your you know your tough guys weren't. They didn't look like Schwarzenegger. You oh, know, they weren't they, ripped in any way. They weren't toned. They were massive, but they weren't toned. But he definitely, and the Captain America costume doesn't help. The vertical stripes around the midsection do not hide like a beer belly. <laughs> not very well. No, that so, was a, that was the first thing I noticed the first time I saw him in costume. I was like, oh, wow, he uh, doesn't exactly have the hero physique. No, they could have even they well, slapped a girdle what, on him. Maybe <laughs> Batman wasn't greatly in shape, but like he looked, he just looked thick. Like he looked like a brawler. Rather than this guy who, and I think it's the stripes. I think if the stripes weren't there, it wouldn't look as bad. I think I think maybe if it was all one solid color, it would maybe have hidden it. Maybe he also doesn't. And this is such a like a little like fanboy gripe. Doesn't have a strong chin. He has a he has a kind of a weak chin, and I feel like that's like such a dumb thing to say. But for like a superhero, for like Captain America, like he should have a chin. <laughs> and just also being Captain America, you always think of Captain America as being the stereotypical. I'm here to save the day, yeah. kind of, you know, patriotic hero. Dick Purcell really plays more of, like, a private eye, like a he grimy does. New York film noir style detective, which it just seemed weird at first with the whole Captain America thing. It just, he plays a great DA, mm-hmm. detective slash PI, but as Captain America, it just doesn't seem to fit. So let's talk about this. So... There are reasons why, or at least there are theories why none of this fits with Captain America. If you noticed, nothing we are saying right now makes any sense in the Captain America universe, in the Marvel universe, and most comic books. And uh, the first is um, they they admit that the character was a substitution. They were trying to get DC to make a Superman serial again because they were trying to make a Superman serial when they made Captain Marvel. This is another time they were trying to make it. And DC decided to make the Flesher shorts instead. Which, let's be honest, probably was the better decision. Because most of these serials are good, but none of them is stuck. A lot of us have seen the, the Superman Flesher shorts. Fleischer? Fleischer shorts. Fleischer. Sure. Let's the go old, with that. <laughs> the oldest Superman cartoons. They... Then decided to make a Captain America film, um, but there was like there were still like issues. It seemed like. Well, from what I heard, this wasn't actually supposed to be a Captain America film in the first place. So, the script, probably. Well, then I think Captain America. The reason that nothing really fits. It was more slapped on. Now the like name, they slapped the name on and yeah. and threw the costume over him. And the 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 name of the. Uh, 
the comic book company. If it, uh, it's, it slips my mind at the moment, but it was Mister Scarlet. Um, it's it's Fawcett. Fawcett. So it's you. the same. It's the same company that did Spy Smasher and Captain Marvel. Now, from what I read, is that Mister Scarlet was actually kind of falling into obscurity at the time that they started filming, and they didn't think it would sell very well. But Captain America was very popular at the time, the World War Two. You know, he's he's our comic book version of Uncle Sam. Yeah, he punched out Hitler. And they, I don't remember all the details of it, but I believe that they they made a contract with Timely to get the Captain America name, and just kind of got lazy about writing the film and just sort of slapped him over the Mister Scarlet role. Well, because it because uh, Mister Scarlet is actually a DA. His and name he, is Brian Butler, not Grant Gardner. So the fact that there's alliteration, the same job type, and one of the chapters is called The Scarlet Shroud for no reason. Most of them, like, there's a reason, and it's kind of dumb, and it usually has to do with the cliffhanger that happens at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nothing. And he has uh, he has the secretary who knows his identity and assists, yep. you know, kind of Pepper Potts kind of style. I you know I didn't really I I didn't really I must have missed something cuz I I couldn't tell if she actually knew he was Captain America or not. I'm pretty sure she I think knew. she did know but it like wasn't an issue. I don't know. She see we'll, we'll get She we'll was get weird in a lot of ways. She actually never changed clothes in the in any any single serial. Every all 50 you know, episodes she no, wore No, she same changed clothes. clothes. They were just different colors and you just couldn't tell. Um let's let's get into the story a little bit cuz we've 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 really talked about what doesn't make it Captain America and what the issues were with that. So this is one of the rare Republic serials where you actually know who the bad guy is from the very beginning. Usually the mystery is part of the story. Not the case in Captain America. So you you get to see side by side, what was it? What's his name? Dr. Maldor? Dr. Maldor or the Scarab. Yeah. So you see the Scarab and Captain America sort of like outwitting each other throughout the entire thing it's a different take i don't know if it lands it 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 definitely had more of a a 1980s saturday morning tv show kind of feel to it when it came Mm. to you know the villain dr claw inspector gadget there you go there you go yeah no that that totally has that where but it was like uh very much like oh you know what we'll do we'll do this well they already knew that now they knew this and now it's ugh, ugh. We're going to still fight. It's fine. We're still fight. <laughs> and this is another one of those random series of events stories. There was not... Uh, it's, it sucks because Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel was the first one we watched, and it was one big story with like little things aiding the larger story, which is what a good serial should do, whereas this was... I, I couldn't tell what he wanted to do. Like, what did Dr. Meldor mm, want to do? No one really had any motives for doing anything. Dr. Meldor was doing things for the sake of doing things, and Captain America was doing things to stop Dr. Meldor from doing things. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> like... Well, because it starts... It, the whole thing starts with a series of suicides. Oh, yeah. first The first couple of scenes are... <laughs> I am the, the darkest. Go kill yourself. The darkest <laughs> opening to a, to a serial ever. It's a, it's a, what's it? A guy jumping out of a window. A, a guy who shoots himself in the head. That's the, that's the darkest one. Where he's just like, well, all right, well, I'll your use it. Your pistol the... is in your drawer. What? Use it. Uh, and I think a guy runs himself off the road. Yes, the guy <laughs> who drove the off one. the cliff. Um, yeah, that's, and, and they leave, they, the, they say the reason it happens is a, it's purple the scare death. It, it, yeah, they call it the purple death. It's like a, a scarab little pendant. Isn't there one well, of those found on each all, body? They all had the pendant, but I don't think the pendant actually did. I think no, the purple I death think, was described as a, a plant extract. Right. Which, how did they know it was the, called the purple death? <laughs> That's what, that, there's a lot of things like that just didn't make any sense with the writing. Like I said, there was, it just seemed like there was a lot of lazy writing, oh, yeah. but it was great for action and a the action show. yeah the action was was fun the the fight scenes were spot on uh that that rough and tumble serial action that's it that once again a lot of breakaway furniture but 
some like this with the with the the writing. It's this purple death is so lethal and so dangerous, and someone actually mentions that oh, oh this this stuff is so potent. Just one whiff will do it. So what is their response? Okay, I'm gonna take this vial around the entire city to every florist and have them sniff directly out of the vial to see if they can identify it. That's not how you sniff things. It's like if you're testing something, you don't do a direct inhale of a thing that has been specifically labeled as deadly. Um, I, I do like a lot of the, the botanists. Or no, they're not botanists. They're like florists. florists. Yeah. A lot of florists that are just wearing three-piece suits <laughs> and hats, I like every, inside. Everybody's in wearing. In the 1940s, everyone wore a three-piece suit and every car had a two-way radio. Yeah, right? <clears throat> He's basically had a car phone the entire time. That was the only, like. But I noticed it wasn't just him. Every yeah. time he would borrow a car, there would be a radio in it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I do like that Dr. Meldor has a monocle to tell you he's bad. <laughs> and he always liked to put it on when right before he said something very evil. And he would always speak in such a way where he knows he is more intelligent, more powerful, and better <laughs> than everyone else he's speaking to. He... He... I was going to say, I don't, I don't mind that Captain America didn't know that Dr. Meldor was the scarab. That's fine, cause like he, like the scarab, like all good serial villains, have a lot of goons, and the goons do all the bidding. So he has exactly two goons every week, because that's exactly how many Cap kills every week. <laughs> I did notice that. Believe it or not, Captain actually kills more people than the scarab does. Oh my goodness! He I don't have does. the exact numbers, but the 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 body count at the end. The Scarab really only kills about 10 people. Cap kills around 25. That's probably... And no one questions it. <laughs> well, you know what, though? This was Golden Age. Golden Age, killing bad guys was cool. Like, that was fine. Um, you didn't rescue the good, the bad guys so that they could be held accountable for their actions. You killed them. That was it. That was period. There were a few that were just flat-out cold-blooded murder. Not just by him, but by Gale, his secretary, as well. She'd just walk in, hold it, and just shoot him. It's like, wait a minute. I think Gale is more of a superhero than Captain America. She uh, doesn't have a costume. She's not hiding behind a mask. She just goes in. She's herself. She's the one trying to figure out a bunch of stuff. No, don't get me wrong. She gets captured a lot, but so does Bucky in the comic books. Captain America seems to always be, like, right behind her. Like, oh, I'm coming in. I'll come right after you're done. Right after you find to go in and find out what all the danger is about. Right? Like, I, if we were going in this with fresh eyes, not knowing who Captain America is, not reading any comics, why why does Grant Gardner need a Captain America persona? That always bothered me. I just realized you could just bypass the whole Captain America thing altogether, and it would be the same serial. He he was pretending to basically be a, like almost like a cop anyway. Because district attorneys don't solve mysteries. Like, that's not their... There was a moment or two where he... It almost seemed like he was trying to use the legal system. And... Still ended up in a fist fight at the end. I feel like the whole <laughs> the whole concept of him being a DA was just to... Lazily give him a, a, a reason to have so much power and why everybody knows who he is. And he can just walk into a room and go, You, you there, do this. You got it, sir. Oh, and, and it, it lets him go into places and be like, I'm the DA. Yeah. I need to talk to whoever. But at 12 minutes an episode, you kind of have to give him some way of pushing the story along quickly. Right. That's true. I did like, though, they made a point in some of my research that I made. I did that part of the reason they say they made Captain America DA and not uh, uh, private in the army is that they didn't want him having to sneak off the army base every time he had to do something. Yeah, that might not look very well. And instead wanted him to have a suit. So now he has a suit with his Captain America suit underneath. That's another thing. <laughs> if you look, his boots, uh -huh. they may not be the pirate boots, but they are still shin-length boots. Oh, really? And he has the, the long gauntlet-style gloves and the mask. Where does he keep those things? <laughs> yeah, because they never show him putting the mask on. So I'm assuming... They do one time. Do when they he's one driving time? a car, he actually pulls it down. Oh, that's right, right. And manages to get it on in a very timely manner. I was actually impressed with that scene. Because usually you watch him half put a mask on, and then they yeah. cut away, and then the mask is back on perfectly. Because he doesn't have, <laughs> like, a like a domino mask. It's 
you know, Captain America has almost like a like a, a cowl, like a big almost. hoodie that he has to like. I mean, it's tight, so you'd have to like stretch it over, um, which is kind of awkward if you were to actually watch somebody probably put on the full costume. He did it one-handed. And that's yeah, that's impressive. But like honestly, it I don't it almost like he doesn't need it. That's the thing. There was actually um, I think it was in the second or third episode. I just realized. The villains are much more concerned with the DA as a, as a threat than Captain America. Yeah. So I'm just wondering how, why even bother putting Captain America in here other than just to use the name and make money. Well, and 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 Doctor Maldor knew the DA had something to do with it, like probably halfway through. Oh, there are so many give dead giveaways right? as to that he's Captain America. Well, not even I that mean, he's not even maybe not even that he's Captain America, but that he's working with Captain America. And it's like, well, if he's feeding information to Captain America, you take him out first thing. Him and the secretary, take them both out. What do we need them for? Nothing. Oh, but that ruins a story. It it does. <laughs> it does. You can't get fifteen cereals out of that. You get might maybe two. A couple of his. The Scarab's earlier plans are often to get weapons of mass destruction, sort of. And the first one has by far the most hilarious name. Oh, yes. That I've ever heard of. In quoting Archer on this one, phrasing, (laughs) it is, the short name of it is actually just the Vibrator. It's called, but the full name's even better, it's called the Dynamic vibrator and the lines coming out of the show at that point where you'll never get your hands on my vibrator show him how the vibrator works somebody turn down that vi- take turn off the vibrator before it takes this building down uh, uh and and apparently vibrators had been around for quite some time before that before 1944. I so can it, honestly say that was not part of my research. <laughs> so apparently, either they just were ignorant of the fact that they existed, or they were really trying to have fun with it. I imagine they were ignorant that they existed, because they didn't really get popular until the 1960s with the sexual revolution. You really looked into this one. I do. I do my research. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, on, on the on that on the fact of the, the the diabolical devices, in I believe it was preview of murder, they have the electric or the sorry the electronic firebolt. Right. Did you notice the electronic firebolt, the diabolical weapon that cuts perfectly circular shaped holes into foot thick safe doors, mm-hmm. plugs into a one ten volt socket. <laughs> As Wait. they were running out of the room, I think Cap actually just unplugs it from the wall and the whole machine just shuts down. That's right. They, and it was the largest thing I've ever seen. It looked like an old um, theater camera. Yeah. Yeah. And it almost like it needed a couple men to operate and to aim. And it's like, I think that you could find something easier to use. How'd you even get that in there? That's. I mean, it looked like it was almost bolted to the floor and it was not easy to operate because... In one of the cliffhangers where they're burning the crate that Cap is fighting in. Right. The guy doesn't just turn it on and it burns the crate. It's like a two-minute sequence of him turning knobs and dials and pressing buttons and doing things. And it's just, wow, this thing takes a lot to operate. That seems a little complicated. It needs to warm up. Let's be honest. I do do have the question of, does lightning cut through metal well? I think if it's a sustained, maybe, you know. Because <laughs> that, wasn't that what it was? It just looked like lightning? Or no, wasn't that? I think that was the description, is that it, it yeah, was... It cut through like lightning. It could cut through metal like lightning. And I was like, I don't think that's a thing. Lightning would, I mean, like, I guess, uh, you know, a short, concentrated electricity, perhaps. But not I mean, like lightning. I said, if you had a sustained bolt, I mean, now <laughs> yeah. we're getting into the physics of electricity. Yeah, and... <laughs> we sure are. But in, in reality, the the animation that they used in the show at the time was literally just a circular spotlight shining on something. Yeah. With some fake smoke coming off of it. Oh, I had I had a note that said, couldn't you just light the box on fire without having to use this large, expensive weapon? They were just in a box. You couldn't just, you got a lighter and, on you? Come on, you got a light. What was the purpose of that crate that you could literally fit about 50 people in? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Blows to the head. Yep, that happened. Blows oh. the head, knocking people out. 
oh, I, I, I can't forget that one shot. Did he throw, like, a chair leg at Cap, and it hits him in the head, and he just sort of falls over? Yeah. But it, you know what, though? At this point, it's a staple. Like, I've this is my fourth serial I've been watching, and every single one of them has somebody getting knocked in the head to knock them out for short periods of time, whatever is necessary to either escape or to tie them up. Not all the devices were highly technological scientific devices. At one point, they decided that instead of using a precision rifle, which existed, obviously, because of the war, they were going to use a several hundred-year-old blowgun. Now, now, the guy was... uh... (laughs) was highly skilled in this blowgun. Where do you find someone in this day and age who is a blowgun firing expert? The best part is Cap totally heard him, saw him, and went, oh, we probably should get out of the way. You know, blowguns, they have a pretty loud, you know, (laughs) pre-firing sequence. Well, because the guy has to go, And what blows my mind is Captain America, or Grant Gardner, when he does fire his revolver, he has the most accurate shot I have ever seen. He shot a man off of a seven-story building whose most of his body, with the exception of his neck, head, and one hand, were visible. Right. So were, the, I'm sorry, were, were covered. So, the, so this was an assassin that the Scarab specifically hired for his blowgun skills. And it... It, it, it's very like they're trying to be interesting and and it, that's very comic booky. Like that seems like a very comic booky thing to do, but it like in the comics I feel like it would work. Like if you saw a man on the top of a building, you know, one panel of a guy on top of the building with a blowgun, and then like Grant Gardner at a car, like it wouldn't seem as weird. But when you actually can see everything and it's all moving, it's very slow. That's, that's one of those things where obviously this is this is film is in its infancy still at this yeah. point. And they hadn't considered camera angles because of different camera angles. Maybe one looking up at the top of the building over Grant's shoulder and you see the guy up there. Okay, that would have been a much more telltale scene. But the way they shot it, Mm -hmm. it's just a scene of three guys getting into a car. And then the scene of the guy with the blowgun on top of the building, back to the car. Grant looks up. Oh, there's a guy. I'm going to push this guy out of the way. Right. But yeah, you're right. Like, Grant Gardner just turns around. Looks off camera. I'll get you. I'll get you. Now, is it just me, or did... Because this was supposed to be outside of the museum, right, that this was happening at? No, this one was actually, I believe, outside of... They used it several times. It was room 504 at... Oh, right, because this is the guy with the shoe shine box, right? No, no, no. Although this this is later. This is later that I'm thinking of. Yeah, that was a different one. The shoe shine guy was always outside the museum. Yeah, what was with that guy? That he was like one of the henchmen weird. for... Right. He's a very odd but, henchman. I guess it's just someone to watch the outside. I guess. He... he the sh- the shine guy was very interesting because it, it is another trope of, like, main characters giving away pertinent information in front of a complete stranger. <laughs> Which happens more often than you'd think. The Metropole. Is that what it was? Five oh four. That's that's the room. It actually appeared twice in the in the show. Okay. The first time was by the scarab mm-hmm. as a meeting point, and then Grant Gardner decides it's a good idea to use that room to hide one of his guys. It's like, wait, well, that that may not be a good idea. Well, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Speaking of the blowgun, yes, there was one word that was constantly said in this serial that just bugged me every time they said it. What was that? Mayan. Oh, jeez. Because they couldn't say... They the, didn't say Mayan? They did not say Mayan. <laughs> and I actually had to look this up in several places and hear pronunciations. Just to hear double spoken. check that you weren't wrong. It is pronounced Mayan. Not Mayan. It's, I'm sorry. It's pronounced oh. Mayan. <laughs> they pronounce it Mayan yeah. throughout the entire serial. And it's just like... What? Maybe somebody has uh, trademarks on Mayan. No, they're just saying it wrong. They're just saying it wrong. Cap likes to, when he fights the goons, he definitely likes to punch people out windows. And he definitely likes to punch with only his right hand. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. It yeah. is rare that he'll ever throw a left hook. You know what, though? The, but this this was... I, maybe because it's Republic, but this the, the fighting in these serials are more like the Very. other Republic ones, where it's, it is more of a scrap. 
it's very rough and tumble. Yeah. I was actually that's one thing I was impressed with is how much these guys will throw themselves into the fight mm-hmm. and really just no regard for their own safety. It's just wow. You you guys are coming out of this with a few cracked ribs. Which, just kind of skipping to the end, there is a fight scene between Meldor and Captain America, and all of a sudden Meldor is a young guy who can fight. <laughs> but there is a good long fight scene between the two of them, and as soon as it happens, you know the actor is not playing Doctor Meldor say, anymore. He, he's, he's pretty sprightly for a retiree. That's that's impressive. <laughs> it's like he's he's carrying a cane through through most of the, the serial, and in this particular fight scene he actually whips it back and forth as a weapon and it he's he's swinging hard he's swinging for the fences and i'm i was like wow that's that actually looks dangerous but that doesn't look like dr meldor and in regards to the fight scenes the furniture i did not realize in 1944 they made the world's flimsiest furniture they They sure did we make make much better furniture now throw a chair across the room and it essentially disintegrates i there were a few times where uh they would fall into something or like barely touch something and it would start falling apart and I just would laugh because you're like oh, of course it's all of like the entire set has to be safe well, they, essentially they're, they're just some, in case there's sometimes you can actually see them hit the walls and you'll see the entire set move yeah. which you kind of just have to ignore and just chalk it up to okay it's 1944 walls were a little flimsier in the 40s <laughs> we didn't have to we were at war we didn't have time to be making real walls at least they didn't have a cape <laughs> Capes have gotten in the way in a lot of serials, but I kind of see why people draw with capes because there were a few times where he was like climbing ladders or going upstairs or something, and he just doesn't look super heroic. It's kind of hard to look look heroic when you're crawling up a ladder. Yeah, but 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 with a cape, it it, it at least like sort of masks. There's a little bit of an illusion. Of leaves going a little up. bit to the yeah, leaves a little to the imagination guess, behind maybe the cape. Something looks a little bit like you're flying, perhaps. But like there was there was one moment where I just went, Oh, it's kinda weird he doesn't have a cape. I don't think about that kind of stuff anymore. Like when you watch current stuff, they just they shoot it and the actions, everything is done in such a way, they look super heroic a lot. And after watching The Incredibles, you can kind of give heroes, a, you know, a pass on the whole cape thing. Well, after watching uh, some of the past serials where somebody's cape would would flip over their head or flip to the front and it gets in the way of their fighting. And that's like a more, that's a really practical, you can see in real life Batman has trouble with his cape if he's fighting. So you may want to add a few weights to that just to keep it down. Right? You I actually kind of wonder. That's maybe that's why Batman has those little points at the bottom of his cape. There's just little weights and all those little magnets, like on a yeah, like on a shower curtain. That's what it should be. <laughs> yeah, a lot of hand to hand combat. Uh, they didn't like using ranged weapons if they if they could help it, unless they were throwing something. Um, they had they they did have the stereotypical, which I guess at the time wasn't stereotypical. The the shootouts, where <laughs> they would each be hiding behind something that was equally not bulletproof. Right. And then you'd a have desk and a chair. One guy poke out, stare at, stare off in the distance for a second, fire around, hide, and then they would just keep going like that back and like forth until they run out of bullets. The directors actually paid attention to how many bullets are in the gun. Really, they would fire six rounds, and either they would show them reloading, or Gardner would throw his gun at the guy. <laughs> you know what though? It's Naked Gun has ruined scenes like that. Was it in Naked Gun or was it in Police Squad? I don't remember Police which. Academy, I believe. Oh no, the Les- Leslie Nielsen. Oh yeah, like yeah. the I, Police Squad show. It's either in Police Squad or it was in Naked Gun, and I can't remember which one it is. Know, where they're they're doing that shootout style, but they're literally like two feet from each other. I think that was Naked Gun, actually. It's probably in Naked Gun, where the but, camera shoots back and forth, and then the yeah, camera they, shows they both do of them that cut. Back. They do the the back and forth cut that that the serial does, and I can't watch that kind of cutting anymore because it makes me laugh. Because I just imagine they're on the other sides of the desk shooting at each other. He falls down an was it an elevator shaft? A mine shaft. Captain America just falls down a mine shaft. And it was a good four, maybe five stories tall. Yeah. I think he um I think it knocked him out for a second. The fact that he Cuz wasn't wasn't that 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 may have been the cliffhanger for that one. That was a cliffhanger where yeah. he falls down the mine shaft. And now spoilers, he actually gets out of this alive. <laughs> I wrote down, oh, did Captain America drop hundreds of feet down a mine shaft? No problem. 
it it kind of dazed him. He didn't really get knocked out because no. he because when they dropped the it wasn't a minecart. It was just a giant bucket filled yeah. with rocks. Yeah, down the shaft. Cap just looked up and it just rolls out of the way. You know, in in past serials, even the cliffhangers, even though people would escape, it was often close. Like they escaped, but only barely. A lot of these, it seemed like he just kind of went, huh? Brushed himself off, walked away. Like Meh. there were some that even though they show him getting away, there's no way he could have gotten away, <laughs> or at least like been unscathed. There was one where they they actually blow up a building using um, gas pressure, uh-huh. which I did double check this would cause a concussive explosion along with the flames. He was only about 20 feet from right. the building when it blew up. Well, like the first with the dynamic va- vibrator, the building literally Fell crumbled. on top of him. No, he jumped out. Oh, that's right. They, they, and if you look, <laughs> there's no buildings next to that building in any <laughs> shot prior. That's like the Spider-Man swinging through the city at the top of the buildings. What is he shooting his webs at? <laughs> there's nothing there. Helicopters. <laughs> helicopters. That's the answer. Yeah, no, they... Uh, there's there's a few things like that where if he were super soldier Captain America, you almost could just be like, well, he's fine. Oh, like a lot of heroes, his power isn't so obvious. He has the power of day sex. He has the yeah. power of... I thought you said day sex for a second. No. And I, now I know what you're saying. Day sex machina, the guy yeah. in the machine. Yeah. Or ghost in the machine, I'm sorry. Is it yeah. ghost or is it it's, God in the machine? I think it's God in the machine. It's because day. I think Deus is. He's the hero, yeah. and that's his power. Right. He can't be gotten rid of. Right. Uh, this is the first instance of a character coming back to life in a comic book movie. Ah uh, yes. One of the goons. They actually had like a reanimation machine for the, the anti. Basically, un- no reason. The anti Uncle Ben. Because <laughs> like one of his goons dies. And they, they sort of blackmail a, uh, a scientist to bring him back to life with his reanimation machine. Which, like all other machines in the show, conveniently need exactly one million volts to operate. That was a magic number. <laughs> and it, But the thing is, like, they brought him back to life and Captain America tried to stop it and he didn't stop it. And then oh, okay. nothing? Well, I guess like, nothing I- really happened? I guess we're writing a paycheck for this guy for a few more serials. <laughs> yeah, that was that was about it. But so, but I think I think I remember them. It was it was actually just a test because Doctor Meldor was all excited about oh I will live forever. Yeah, and they needed to know if it worked. So oh, they that used what it, it on the goon because it was just conveniently timed. So it was like Han in the Carbonite. Yes, it was not we planned. Need it was a test. Will this work or will this turn him into a pile of goo or a zombie? We don't know. He finds out who the scarab is by the dumbest means necessary. And I gotta say, the sh- the serial started off dark. It ended dark as well. Oh, we'll get that in a second. I want to go over how Captain America found out who the scarab was. Gale is kidnapped. The the secretary. Yeah. Yep. Um. By the way, I kind of like that they weren't really a love interest. She wasn't a love interest. She was kind of. She was his assistant. She was his sidekick. She's there for a paycheck. But she wasn't like she would be getting hazard pay in that paycheck. But she <laughs> wasn't a love interest though. That was interesting. Usually, if there's a female like damsel in distress, it's a love interest and not a sidekick. Um, but that's neither here nor there. She gets kidnapped, and there's a doctor that's supposed to come take care of a high-profile patient. Didn't really get who that oh. was. Like, did you? The, who 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 was he? It, I don't think it doesn't really matter. It's a MacGuffin, like whoever the the person is. And so she she goes, who the scarab asks, who's the doctor that's supposed to that's supposed to show up? Because basically we're gonna replace it with one of our, our one of our goons is gonna show up saying I'm the doctor. The doctor was there to help, I guess, perform surgery on the doctor who brought the goon back to life. Oh, is that what it was? He was okay. in the hospital, I guess. Uh, they didn't. It wasn't called an ICU. It was called something else where they're, they're recovering. But the equivalent of ICU. Um, and so she says the name is... <laughs> it was... Rodlum? Rodlum Barax or something like that? And it was Meldor <laughs> Scarab backwards. <laughs> he asked her to spell it. 
and she spells it and I didn't like I wasn't sitting there going oh let me let me see what it all is because I was I was like all right it's a doctor's name some silly doctor's name but it was it wasn't a name and when Grant Gardner got it and the guy, it's like goon comes in and says, "Oh, I'm I'm so and so," and they send him to the wrong hospital, whatever. But he like specifically spells it out to the audience. Oh no! See, Gail Gail sent me a message. It says Meldor Scarab backwards. And then at that moment, I got uh, a flashback to the '60s Batman serial yeah. of Ballpoint Banana, <laughs> basically. So. Anyway, Captain America finds out that Maldor's a scarab, and I do like that they had scenes together uh, randomly in the serial, because often the the villain and the hero don't meet until the end. And I kind of liked that they actually knew who each other were. And it was a strange dynamic, because Maldor saw the DA as a threat, right? but had to play it off like he wasn't. But he, mm-hmm. at the time, somehow didn't know that the DA was Captain America. Just knew that they were somehow connected. Yes. Because Meldor, like, was in charge of the museum? He was, I believe, the museum curator. Yeah. And I guess so he had gone with some other scientists at some point on an expedition to some Mayan ruins. Which is basically the plot to Captain Marvel. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they bring back stuff anyway whatever um so so they they have their big ending fight cap and the scarab uh captain america wins he saves gale uh then the ends the ending you want to talk about the ending the ending so everyone's sitting in the office of the police commissioner and they're reading a newspaper article about how maldor and his goons are going to be put to death at midnight by electric chair. And they make some comments about how, oh, it's a, it's, it's an unfortunate but fitting end. And then you hear a clock chiming in the background. And Gail looks surprised and goes, it's midnight. And they all look out the window and you can kind of see things flashing out the window. It's like, oh, wow, okay, that's a little, a little dark there. But the weird thing, they look out the window, they're in London. It's Big Ben. And I'm not sure if that was supposed to be the biggest twist in serial history or if that was just a shot that that really shouldn't have been used. I feel like it's more of an Ed Woods sort of thing where they had, they needed a shot, they wanted a shot of a clock tower and the only footage they had was of Big Ben. So they're like, well, let's just use, just use, just use it. Nobody knows what it is. Where that was my first reaction. I just went, wait, what? But what, what I love is... Did they just find out that the scare was going to be put to death literally a minute before it was about to happen? I mean, you think the police commissioner would know that kind <laughs> of stuff. Think? And the DA would know that kind of stuff. Because I'm pretty sure both of them were probably at the court trial to put if him there to death. Was, if there was a court trial. Because yeah. the DA doesn't... He never goes to court. The DA kind of has more in common with Judge Dredd than Captain America. He yes. is the judge, jury, and executioner. Basically... <laughs> <laughs> there literally there was only once that he actually tried like using the legal system to to rope someone into something That's and a, that was it. As a DA, he really does very little DA work. It's true. You never see him doing any paperwork, ever doing any kind of prosecuting. So why was he a DA? When they said that is it Mr. Scarlet that it was written for Mr. Scarlet, Scarlet yeah. that makes the most sense. Because, like, I'm sure Mr. Scarlet has some DA work that he has to do. I mean, even Daredevil does a few court cases from time to time. Right. Even in the the first cut, not the director's cut, like, there's still some court case in there. The director's cut, like, adds an entire new case into it, but whatever. <laughs> it's got Coolio in it. Kid you not. That's the serial, basically. I have a few more pieces of trivia I'd like to throw out there. First off, uh, so Gail Richards, the secretary, is Steve Rogers' ex-girlfriend in the ultimate Marvel continuity. Yes, she was. That Crazy. Was... Like, that's great. That's great. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see. Like, that's... If you don't know, that's fine. Whatever. It's not a big deal. It's just her name's Gail Richards. But if you do know, you're like, oh, that's a thing. <laughs> I can't believe they did it. And another Marvel throwback mm-hmm. 
in the 2011 Captain America the First Avenger, they have Captain America starring in his own serial. You know, it's... You, you kind of forget that. You kind of forget in that whole montage of him doing press releases, like public events, and, and he's just a PR guy, essentially. He's their face of the, the war, and you forget he does silly things See, like he's, that? He's not wearing... For a longest time, he wasn't wearing armor. He wasn't wearing anything special. It was a fabric outfit. Well, and that's the thing. And his, his outfit in that part of the movie looks like Captain America's in the serial. Yeah, no ears. Uh, he had the, the... Well, he did no have wings. The, he had the shield. But he the, did have the shield. The classic pointy yeah. shield. Right, right. The one that looks like Timely Comics logo. Yes. So, yeah, this was... So, this kind of... This one went over budget. This oh, is one like of the more expensive 22% ones. 22% over budget? Something like that. I think it was... It was... I mean, in the grand scheme of things, and nowadays, it's they only spent, I think it was $200,000 on the film, which I believe in today's money, now you're talking like AAA movie budget. That's something like a couple of million dollars, maybe more. It was received well, though. They The people apparently at the time uh, thought it was a better serial than Batman, which I kind of can see Batman was silly at times but i actually enjoyed batman more than i enjoyed this one there was definitely a lot of action in this one. Oh, there's a lot of action in all of them but there was the in-between parts were a little more enjoyable in batman but i think there was it may have been a it's so bad it's good campy kind of a little bit well they definitely made their money off of it because they didn't at one point re-release it in 1954 They've done I that think, with with as um, Captain America Returns. With a lot of the serials, it seems they re-release them for TV in one big. Either either they cut it in such a way that they cut out all the cliffhangers and oh, the yeah, with, credits and whatever, and then they release it as one big movie. That's what I was thinking the whole time I was watching this. The way that the the serial is shot and and edited. It would be very easy to literally just make this one long movie. But the problem there there you run into is it doesn't have the structure of a movie. You no. literally have 15 cliffhangers in one single film. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it it would... it feel like you're going from one fight to the next is, is what it would feel like. And, and there's, there's, no, there's no story. There's no, no there motive. No one has a motive. And at least with... Um, no, nah, and Batman, the Doctor Daka at least had like he's Japanese and wants to take down America. Like at least that's that's a motive you can get behind. That's another thing. There was significantly less racism that's in the Captain true. America. This film. is true, much less. <laughs> Though uh, the one, the one, um, he went. It wasn't really a goon, but the the I I would say an assistant maybe. He was in. Captain Marvel as a foreign guy. We don't really know what nationality he was playing, but it was the exact same guy basically acting almost the exact same way. But this time he was white. <laughs> Dick Purcell sadly died a few weeks after filming Captain was America. Five was it five was it five weeks or five months on a golf course? Yeah. Of all things. You know, yeah. How stressful golf is. One film historian thinks it was the strain of Captain America that did it. But that seems... I don't know. I don't know about that myself. Little, that, that may be a stretch. It'd be a fun story, but I don't... Yeah. Mm, I, don't I don't buy it. Heart, heart attack after doing 18 holes of golf. And he was 35? Yes. Yeah. Come on now. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's much more that goes into that. Because, like we were saying before, he was a little out of shape, but he wasn't like... Uh, he didn't look unhealthy. He was just more of the kind of person who just doesn't exercise out of shape. Not right. not someone who is just, you know, obese or right. too skinny or just, you know, average Joe. Yeah. But I mean still he, he did he did pass away shortly after. So this was was this this must have been his last is, thing then. It was unfortunate because honestly, for the time I thought he was a great actor and could fill that role of the real gritty hero. Yeah, you know, and I liked him more as Grant Gardner, I feel like, than I liked him as Captain America. That's exactly what I said earlier. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> just, yeah, I agree. He plays the role of Grant Gardner perfectly. Yeah. I just, 
I don't think he fits the role of Captain America. Yeah. Kind of like um, Tobey Maguire playing Spider-Man. Which which side did you like him better as? He played a better Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. He played a poor Spider-Man. Whereas his replacement, the name slips my mind at the moment, played a great Andrew, Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. Yes. He plays yeah. a great Spider-Man, but a very bad Peter Parker. Right. <laughs> that about wraps up Captain America. Would you suggest this one? Like, because this is the only serial you've seen in its entirety. If you're into watching serials like this, this is definitely something I would recommend checking yeah. out. It is. It seems to be stereotypical before the stereotypes were a thing. Yeah. If you're into Captain America or the comic books in general, I would have to say stay away. It's. It may do nothing but aggravate you. I. I think there are better serials if you want to watch a serial. Definitely. And it, it's not, it's very loosely Captain America. I feel it's Captain America in name alone. Right. If you want a real superhero that you're familiar with, go watch Batman. Up to this point. Up to this point. Because we got, we got more coming up. There's more coming. We have more serials. Tom, thanks for thanks for stopping by for this, for this decent serial. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Not the, not the best one I've watched. It's, but it's good to watch though because you can. This is the first instance of seeing a loosely based intellectual property, like an intellectual property that's loosely formed into a movie. Like you can tell they had the movie and they needed to Something throw a name on it. That feels like a cash grab. Right. Yep. It, it, you know what? The, this it might not even be a cash grab. It might even just be like they were ready to film Mister Scarlet. And just feel like it's going to flop. We just know it's going to flop. If we do this guy who is not used anymore, it's going to flop. We need a name that's going to bring people into the theaters. Right. So, you know what? That that, that Captain America is doing real well, you know. Um, maybe I just don't see it as a cash grab as much as nowadays where they'll make anything to a comic book movie and we'll watch everything that they make into a comic book movie. And you know that they're doing it because of the, because of how much it's going to make. So I, I gotta I gotta admit the next couple episodes if you if you ever do look at what would come next on serials that are based on comic books the next couple ones are you may not have heard of so we have Hop Harrigan and the Vigilante from 1946 and 1947 I can't find them I can't find them on the they're they're not found on the internet the only place I can find them. Is some guy selling them on eBay. And I'm not going to buy a copy of this off of some guy on eBay because I don't trust that it's going to be any decent quality. Might not even be the right thing. What do I know? So if I can't find it, I'm assuming most other people who are listening to this podcast can't find it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to have an episode about Hop Harrigan and about the Vigilante without watching them i know that sounded that kind of is backwards for what we're doing here and this won't happen a lot because i you can find most things so i'm gonna kind of skip them and we're gonna go straight to the superman serial from 1948 so if you want to keep following and you like to watch right before we record the podcast like i do obviously that'll be our next one don't watch hop harrigan well watch it if you can i mean if you can find it, if if we have, you know what though, but if we ever do find a copy, a legitimate copy, or they it it ends up on the internet somewhere, we'll watch it and we'll we'll backtrack if we need to. But I'm not, I don't want to try running down a copy of something that probably doesn't exist in any sort of decent medium, and that no one's really capable of watching unless they track it down themselves. Right. We I'd have to have a viewing party. That's what would end up having. Let's all come to my house and watch Hop Harrigan for four and a half hours. Not going to happen. So Superman serial. It's just called Superman. It's from 1948. Kirk Allen plays Superman. He actually plays Superman um, without being billed as such. That's a nice little trivia for next time. You can follow us at on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We'll be... We as in the royal we. I will be tweeting... I will be putting out the trivia there uh, in case you haven't seen it or, or uh, accompanying the pictures uh, to what we're talking about. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Join us next week for Superman! Superman!
the 1948 serial. Bye. Bye.